So there is it's physical hazard here, podcasting. Pace I around. think it's just potting at 50. Yeah. By the way. That's the name of your book? Next year, folks. We'll get to that in a second. Potting at 50. Potting <laughs> at 50. Yeah, no, that's coming soon. And my show on the Old Persons Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Human Element, Kara's podcast on modern marketing. You've been waiting for it. And here it is. This is the year-end holiday pod. Some might call it Christmas Fish Part 2. All 200 people who listened to the original Christmas Fish. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to do a little actual podness, and then we're going to do a little, you know, recollection and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Let's cut to the chase. Chelsea has a favorite piece of audio that I'm going to try to dig through the archives to find. And if I found it, I'm going to play it right here. Uh-huh. Well, hey. And if I found it, I'll play it again right here. Uh-huh. To make sure everyone heard it. So it's Chelsea's favorite piece of audio from the year. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> all right. We didn't even get to the names of the people who are on the Sorry. pod. It's just immediate hilarity let's and mocking. Let's talk about that fish. Let's. So, all right, let's set up a little bit. Are we ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm joined by the intrepid and back from her honeymoon and wedding. Yes. yes. Yay, yes. Chelsea. Congratulations. Hi, everyone. One month of One wedded month. bliss. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The hard part's over. And I am joined by our fantastic producer, Jason. Hey there. Good to be back. All right. Let's get into it. First question, favorite guest in the past calendar year? Oh, boy. Let's pay yeah, God. some respect to our guests. We've had some, we've been... Blessed with some amazing guests this you year. We had some great guests this year. Returning guests are getting comfy. Yes, That's very comfy fun. in some cases. Uh huh. I got to say, you know, if you just go by the numbers, Katie Lewis, she's our most listened to pod, and it's kind of not close. So shout out to her. She's the chief content officer at Hearst, and she was fantastic. Like, so yeah, that was a great one. Uh, inspirational. I also thought that Mike Murphy was fantastic. Now he's Obviously a friend of mine, but he was really, really good. Always great. Yeah. I thought Joel was awesome. Yes. Joel was great. And I've gotten a lot of behind-the-scenes feedback on Joel. So I would say he has probably been the one I've gotten the most feedback to, believe it or not. Yeah, when I ask influencers to join the pod and they don't answer me, I'm like, we had Joel on the pod. I don't need you (laughs) on my pod. Nice. Except I don't say that to them. It's Does that booking head. approach work? <laughs> no, no. That's why I don't say Could it. Could that be why we did a Thanksgiving pod with people who weren't celebrating Thanksgiving? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's exactly. Jason, you have any others that jump to mind? Goldie was great. Ah, Goldie was great. Goldie. Yeah. yeah. Goldie was great. And all the internal Kara people who came on for their third to fifth times really he, stepped it up. Yeah, I agree. And, I, you know, it's funny. One of the things we built this pod to do was, you know, kind of take the cover off of... Kara and make it less opaque to the world and and show kind of the people that we have inside. And I think of all the things I'm proudest of in the pod, it's that last part that has been the most rewarding for sure. We can't forget our favorite fan, our number one fan, Marla. Marla is, a, yes, she was great too. Yeah. That was a really good pod. Yeah. And she is, she actually listens to the pod. Yeah, so it's always shout nice out. to meet a fan. That's right. Shout out to Marla. Thank you. Don't stop listening. Don't stop believing. And any other Journey songs that you would like to stick in here. Favorite moment? Is there a moment on the pod that sticks out other than my obvious blooper, which didn't make the original cut, but you will now all hear? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so my favorite moment just happened. The end of this podcast has a string of guests that you're all going to very much enjoy sharing bits about their holiday traditions and opinions. And one guest in particular exploded into the room. Literally. And onto the microphone and was a treat. And, and a long-promised treat. A person yes. who yells outside of the window during every single recording. <laughs> if you turn it up loud enough, you might be able to hear. Is finally on mic. Yeah, that uh, was the crowning achievement of my year. I tell you what, she was. She came in hot. That mm-hmm. was a heat check performance. Uh-huh. So thank you, Lena, for that. Topic of the year. What was the thing that kind of kept coming up and kept coming up and kept coming up? I just like the fact that no matter who we've had on the pod, there is a very personal level to them that is pretty obvious throughout their pod episode. Hmm. You know, like we said, you have Joel and you have the chief storyteller or, you know, chief content officer and all these people with such hefty titles and legacy that I think you forget about that when you're on the pod with them. The very human aspect to them. Yeah, we're very fortunate that folks are just pretty real when they come. Mm -hmm. So any topics that stick out in terms of highly repeated? Yeah, I think that... A lot of people talked about responsibility this year yeah. in a lot of different ways, yep. and that felt really good to see. It's something that, you know, cropped up last year and the year before in small ways, but was pretty much ubiquitous here. Responsibility as a brand for positioning in ways that you care about, responsibility as people who create things and put them into the market for the effects that those things have on society, on people, responsibility for our own behaviors and organizations. It was sort of a year of reckoning in a lot of ways around the world, and I think it reflected inward through the industry, or at least the people in the industry that we choose to have on as guests. And I thought that was great. It's sort of a long time coming that Mm. that is a requisite part of any conversation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a great observation, and I think you're exactly right. I think as an industry, we have kind of danced around the issue for a really long time, and it, it is something that almost all of the guests brought up in some way, shape, or form. And it's not just that they brought it up, it's that they felt it was important that the places that they worked and the brands that they worked with and the work that they did had a POV on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's different, is how viscerally attached they are to the importance of a POV and the obligation thereof. So I, I think you're right. I would just throw in, you know, we talked a lot in this pod, sort of unintentionally slash, I guess I bring it up all the time, about the political environment. And I don't want to get political, which I sometimes do, but I don't want to get political. What I do want to say is that it's so obvious that it looms over everything. Everything. And it looms over the way you build content. It looms over, you know, what that content says. It looms over how you buy media and what the media costs and whether you can get any. It looms over the sort of mentality of the customers that you're trying to reach. It is truly the single most important thing happening in this market at the time and next year will be no different it will only be amplified Mm -hmm. and it also looms over every conversation you have with people just by nature of conversation Mm -hmm. we're trying to learn about people and get them to feel safe to talk about their lives and experiences and 20 percent of everyone's passive thought for the last however many years has been constantly on the political environment and it's either You see it arrive as a third rail or something that they're like drawn towards, towards a black hole, but everyone's resting thoughts go in that direction and trying to have open conversations with people, I think, proves that out where every topic arcs back towards that reality. Yeah, I think that's right. Chelsea, your perspective on that? The second, I mean, biggest looming thing is streaming and platforms. Mm, I think that's right. The overabundance in that. And, you know, people don't know what that looks like, but everyone knows that it's too much. 
Yeah, um, and going to be much, much more. I think you're right. We talked a lot about streaming and the, the uh, coming streaming wars. Audio and video. I mean, the year yes. started off with Spotify's half a billion dollar acquisition spree and ended up That's with right. Disney Plus launching. I mean, what a year. It has been pretty amazing. And none of that has to do with broadcaster cable television. Yeah, turns out. Which we also have talked about a lot. Pricing, you know, declining value for the money, but a lot of money still in the marketplace. That's going to be, I think, one of the more interesting things in 2020. We will not see a decline in pricing in 2020 because it has the Olympics and we have the, the political environment. But pencil in right now on your scorecards, 2021 upfront pricing. Mm. Let's see. That's Let's a, see. Another nominee for one of my favorite pods of the year was the uh, TV Bros. And that was number two. That's the number two most listened to yeah. pod of the year. They killed it. They I thought they were fantastic. Let's get them back in to talk about 2021 upfronts. <laughs> yes, we should. Well, those those will be here sooner than you think. Yeah. But yeah, they were they were absolutely fantastic. I think they did a they did a great job. My personal favorite pod, just to go back, because I don't think I answered this question, was Connell Byrne. He was absolutely fantastic. It is one of my favorite pods we've ever done. Not just because we talked about U2, uh, although <laughs> that was amazing, and not just because he and I share the same favorite song by U2, which is bad. It's just a great episode, and I think an under-listened-to episode, so go check that one out. Favorite location where we recorded a pod? It's got to be Connell Burns' boat. Yes, it was. Yeah. We did one on the yacht. We did one on the yacht. So check that off the old bucket list. Yeah. Took my shoes off and everything, fought back the hangover. I was going to say, my recollection is you arrived. It's a bit of a rough morning. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I remember ushering you in and you kind of looked at me and you were like, This boat uh, moves. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out. And you were lugging that like, you know, 40 pounds of equipment the whole way across can. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that was not your best look. No. You did not feel well. I did not. No. I don't think that's the worst I've seen you look. No. You have not. There is CES. Yeah, the birthday. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. That was rough. Chels, favorite location we did a pod? Can. Can. I wasn't there. How <laughs> <laughs> funny I she is. I left you both on an island. <laughs> sort it yourself. Well, that was very well done. Very well done. Most challenging podcast moment? Interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You get credit for that. Challenge, I, look, I, you know, all guests bring different challenges. Sometimes it's knowing when to interrupt and sometimes it's knowing when to kind of push and sometimes it's knowing when to let them talk and give them space. You know, you learn about listening doing this and you learn kind of how good a listener you are. And there are, the, the biggest thing for me is you really can't shut off because that moment of magic or that nugget of truth can come anytime. And if you don't hear it, then it's gone. And you want to be able to follow up on it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love most about this pod, ironically, is that while we're recording it for people to engage with their devices, it is one of the few times that I am deviceless. That's uh, not true. I've seen you use your phone. Okay, so. okay. I almost slapped it out of your hands. The vast majority of the time, <laughs> I am deviceless. Good Lord. Nobody knows the truth. This is the truth. <laughs> and also, uh, when you I tune out, the they truth. tune out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So what's the thing you wish we had covered? We have talked from a lot of angles about sort of ethics and agency relationships with clients, consumers, interagency culture, all of those things. And I still really want to do a deep dive into the McKinsey's of the world, how they fit into the Dentsu's and the Kara's of the world, Mm -hmm. and where responsibility shifts hands amongst all those things. Because it has been a banner year for McKinsey headlines of all sorts of different damaging stripes. And 
I don't think most people know enough Both about what fair Kinsey, and unfair. Exactly. I don't think enough people know about what McKinsey does or how it functions to really have that sophisticated of a feeling of how they should or shouldn't feel outraged about any given thing. McKinsey's become the bane capital of, exactly. the, of, of 2019. And some things are frankly like worse than you imagine them to be, and some things are much more innocuous. Much more benign than you think. Yes, but that's a discussion I would love to have with people smarter than I and closer to the center of that than I, because it's fascinating to Yeah, me. I agree with that. I think there's something in it. When you texted me about it, I thought it was a great idea. But I, I, I think that's a great topic for 2020, and I think there's some real heat in it. The reality is if you go to Twitter, you know, McKinsey has become shorthand for something. Yes. And it's become shorthand for privilege and connectedness and the establishment and mm -hmm. all these kinds of things that kind of more social-oriented populism, nationalism is against. Sure. And let's be clear, they're not alone. No. Right? McKinsey is not the sole occupier of that space, and there will be others that get named, you know, over the next year, and it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Sure, and I think they're also shorthand for sort of shareholder returns over actual function of the thing that you're managing, yeah, sure. much in the way that Bain Capital became shorthand sure. for like hack and slash sort of. The biggest thing there is a disconnectedness from the outcome. Totally. And I, again, I have friends that work at McKinsey, and it's a very respected brand. They're brilliant people there, so I'm not giving them a hard time. I think I'm simply expressing what the perception is, and the perception is that they're getting paid no matter what. Right. And, you know, the outcome that happens on down the line is distant. And that's what, you know, impacts the worker or, you know, the, the middle management. Sure. So. And it's a bit of a hammer nail thing, too. Like, For you sure. bring in McKinsey, McKinsey's going to do McKinsey stuff. Like, you don't bring them in to do other things. Well, and the reality is they have helped create value. I mean, they're, they're, they're a brand that has created an enormous amount of, of value in the marketplace. And for their clients. So to simply say, you know, that they are an evil player or a, you know, a not good intentions-based player is completely unfair. But again, that's right. life in the big city right. these and days. And the challenge is just the tool doesn't always have to be creating value. And I think like espousing or pinning that specifically on McKinsey is, is wrongheaded. But the general question about when and where creating value should be the main goal of the enterprise, I think it's a very see. Now you're starting one. to get into some. Now, now we're rolling. Like it, it, there's some. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, it is a good one. And I, let's save it for that pod because I, yeah. I actually agree with you that you know this brings us into the area of corporate trust mm -hmm. and what is the responsibility of the corporation to its employees and to its customers and to the people at large and to society. And I feel like we had an infinitely better handle on this, frankly, prior to when I was born. Mm. So that gives us a healthy chunk of time mm -hmm. than we do now. And I, I think we are seeing, we are reaping what we have sown in 50 years of walking away from a more benevolent, benign, largesse-oriented mm -hmm. sense of corporate self. And that is, I think there's a reckoning coming on that. Sure. I mean, the, the hierarchy of importance used to be employees, customers, yeah. shareholders. Yeah. And that's the entire flip. Agreed. And I, this is a good pod. We're going to yeah. do this I'm one. We're going to do this. All right, good. Back to the holiday review. How has the pod evolved in your mind? Chels? Like we already talked about, I think the biggest evolution is our internal people wanting to be on the pod. Yeah. And like reaching out and having ideas and wanting to talk about things that are bigger than their day-to-day. -day, and I think it's super passionate and it's really awesome to be part of. Um, and I, I'm hoping that evolves even more in the coming years. Amen. But, you know, you're starting to see rising stars coming up and having a say because the pod allows for that. Sure. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's evolved to be more participatory 
from all people involved is as we figure out the rhythms of how to invite people to participate and as they figure out what they're able to do in the format and allow themselves a voice to engage with it. And that, to me, is really fun. Yeah, I think that's right. What has been most personally gratifying is that it's become a little, a little bit, a little bit of a thing that people here in the organization actually know it exists. And I'll run into people or they'll send me an email and they'll be like, hey, I love that episode or I listen all the time or my mom listens. Or what, and it, th that is deeply gratifying because they're engaged with it. And I think that's, that's why we did it in the first place. Last one, then we're going to the holiday guest lightning round. Thing you most want to change about the pod, including the host. <laughs> That's two yeses on the host change. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is getting looser over time, and I want that to continue. The change I want is... Is in the direction it's going. Yes. All right. Escalating. I think it's good when it's looser. I like there being more people in the room. I like there being people going in and out. We're doing a fun thing now for the holiday show yep. where people are jumping in and out. Like, I want more of that. The formal go to a yacht and can and sit down with somebody as I call that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we only did one of those. Yeah. yeah. But the formal go sit down with someone in their office is fun. There's only so far you can get. But I think there's a tremendous benefit to inviting people into the Kara ecosystem and having the brilliant people in this space walk in and out and be participatory in the thing that's happening. And I like it looser, more conversational, more room for nonsense, because that's where you really get the good unscripted insights. And the more we can trick those out of people, the better a thing we have. Amen to that. A lot of amens for me today. It's very, uh, it's a biblical pod. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Oz, Oz. I'd like to have more clients that, on the pod. Yeah, I agree with that. We've, we, but like a, in a more round table riffing type of way. Yes. Like I want mm. clients to more feel like they can use this platform too, just to have conversations that, you know, they all have. They're not the first ones or the last ones to have those, those topics and have those problems and challenges and they don't need to give away any secret sauce but like how we're riffing right now i'd love to see three brands in a room agreed and we have such mm -hmm. amazing clients who would be absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal if you pulled the ripcord and let it ride so i think that's a fantastic mm -hmm. all right there you go that's your number one kpi there chelsea for next year riffs <laughs> riffs per riffing clients <laughs> riffing clients on the pod i would like to continue to grow the pods global citizenship and that is a big part of what the strategy is next year anyway. And so, you know, I think you'll hear that in the pod that we do with Dan. I think it's a really good pod and, and it's going to really open it up for us. It'll be tough sometimes to be doing some of these things not in the room because it's definitely a totally different hosting environment. But I thought the, you know, just listen to it today, the technical ability to do remote is really good and I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. Okay, holiday guest lightning round. You ready? Yeah. One gift you really want this year. I want a Garmin watch. Isn't that weird? A Garmin watch? Yeah. Garmin watch. Like a running watch. Yeah. A proper... Yeah, like a 900 Connected watch. to a gigantic $50 billion satellite. Yes. Okay. $900 yes. watch. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want an assistant. Like a very good one. Like a human? A human or assistant. Like a Google. Oh, like Google assistant. <laughs> Who's like very, very good. Hello, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Resumes to Chelsea. She'll get right, them. Fair enough. And he will pay is Robert, you... Is Robert's response the same thing? <laughs> yeah, actually, my response is pretty close to the same thing. Actually, <laughs> we're going to split... <laughs> you're going to go have these on an assistant? <laughs> actually, I'm going to pay you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who assists the assistant? And we'll split the assistant. Okay, deal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you hire one and then we'll split. All right. One resolution you vow to keep this year. I have a wedding in September... And I cannot be this out of shape for that wedding. Hmm. 
So any exercise is better than the current zero, but whatever that is, I need to look good by September. Like one last hurrah. One la- this is it? Yeah, let's get this garbage heap back in shape for one last time. Fair enough. Yeah. I understand there's a biking platform company based out of uh, Greenwich, Connecticut that might be, <laughs> might be interested in getting you a bike. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. Charles. Start practicing yoga. Do you currently practice? No. So I this- have. A long time ago. So and I'd get like back to into get it. Get back into it and start paying for it versus buying coffee every day. Like I'd rather so, pay for something healthy. So you can, oh, so this is a choice between four dollar coffee or forty dollar yoga. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of coffee. It's my rationale. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I definitely I have some fitness stuff I want to try to do next year. I've been toying with a half in my head for a long time. Oh, which one are we running? Well, I tell you what, you can run it with me if you can go that slow. It's Jason, been a- you want to join? I can definitely go that slow. <laughs> <laughs> you, give me a number, I'll go under it for you. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So so we just all agreed we're doing a half together next year? Yes. And How- a pod at the same time. Oh, good Lord. If I start in January, can I run a half with you guys in March? Is that enough? No. no. Not for you. Ah, challenge accepted. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds dumb. It should not take that long. <laughs> all okay. right. Good. Favorite holiday memory. Ah, uh, this is Chelsea taking over. Look out. Christmas, which is what we celebrate in my family, there were two things for the longest time, especially after my dad got sick. Almost all of my favorite holiday memories are post-dad getting sick. I think the year that he figured out that I would do Christmas like he did Christmas, so I would do one gift at a time, and it would take us five hours, and everybody would get a clue, and you'd have to guess the gift and all the stuff that we do on Christmas. I think the year that he was like, oh, I think he's going to do this every year was my favorite. But one does stick out. When we first bought the old house in Maplewood, we had everybody, the entire family, to the house. And he had, for a really long time, wanted to start a charity around giving stuff away at Christmas time. And so that year, unbeknownst to him, I found a a charity in Newark and we put together these like bags of crayons and toys and clay and whatnot. And we handed out these 80 bags and we didn't tell him, but we literally that on Christmas day, we took him from the house and we put him in the car and we kind of drove off and said, you know, today we're, we're going to give these away. And then he wrote a letter about it after the holidays, which we just found like two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. just by dumb luck. That's probably my best memory. That's awesome. You have to follow that one. Yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Next. (laughs) My One of my favorite holiday memories is my mother is a church musician, so she was an organist and choir director. I remember you telling me this. Uh-huh. And so that means that Christmas was always a working holiday for us. Mm. Like midnight mass, right? That's yep. like the Super Bowl of her profession. And when I was very young, my dad would be singing in the choir and she would be directing the choir. And so I had to be there, but I was too young to participate or help or be running around the church or anything else. So... She would put me in the library, sort of next to the church, and tried to make this fun so I would not go crazy being otherwise unsupervised, very late at night and very bored. And so the thing she would do to make it fun is that she would always have a brand new Calvin and Hobbes anthology waiting oh, for me when I got there. So the I got best. to like be in my pajamas in this <laughs> toasty library, way up past my bedtime, cracking open a brand new Calvin and Hobbes, and that felt like Christmas to me. So good. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Beat that. I can't. (laughs) Guys, I can't. (laughs) My favorite memory is just having everyone in the same house for Christmas Eve, which is so different now when you look back at it because it's 
everyone's split and, you mm. know, it's just the times that it is. But there was one point when 50 family members would come together no matter what side they were on. It was almost like, you know, celebrating a mini wedding, which is mm. why I think I loved my wedding so much, was that you have two totally different universes coming together and everyone forgets the bullshit of the rest of the year. But for it's just Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I would run from chair to chair talking to people, and I thought I was an 80-year-old woman even at the age of five. So, like, I'd have, like, <laughs> adult conversations. I had no clue what I was saying. And I missed those. I still do that at work. I mean, <laughs> I still run from chair to chair <laughs> acting like I'm 80. But it's a little different on Christmas Eve when I had the family together. Hmm. I love that. Favorite holiday song? Secular or non-secular? <laughs> just, just pick one, Robert. Latin or English? <laughs> 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 the worst question. At least not be done. Not be done. <laughs> um, short list. <laughs> All the great Spanish Christmas classics. Mine's, look, Silent Night, period. They are all very good. I got to say, I am a big softie for all of the holiday fare. They're just like great songs. Girl Eyes. One, Jason. Bing Crosby. Oh, boy. But like the Judy Garland, like have yourself a... Merry Little Christmas is like heart-wrenching and good. There's just so many nostalgic, depressing, heart-wrenching pieces of music to choose from. <laughs> How can we right, ever? This is where Jason self-edits. <laughs> yeah. And that's, be like, that's before we even get to like Mendelssohn. Oh my, like, oh my God. All right. Some of the best hymns in the hymn. Okay, I had to Google what? who actually sings it, but Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is by far my favorite. Oh, really? Like you mm. like that? Yeah. Last one. What does Kara mean to you? Jace. From all of my access points to Kara, Kara seems to me like a model organization of keeping intelligent people plugged in and caring about each other and enjoying the work they're doing. And I admire a great many of the people I've had the privilege to meet here, and I admire the culture that has taken hold here, and it speaks well to everybody involved. And it's always a pleasure to come in, even as a relative outsider, and feel embraced by that. So nothing but positive feelings for Kara. I, am I supposed to top that? No. Okay. I, I don't think I'm answering this question, but you need to. Kara, you can't live with it and you can't live without <laughs> it. Uh, it is just like family and everything else in between that. It's an up and down. And I think that's just, you know, the media industry and any industry as a whole now. But I couldn't imagine any other place I'd want to be or want to deal with the chaos that, you know, Everyone feels a little bit like we are all in the gutter sometimes and we're all out of it. So it never feels like you're completely alone. That's a great answer. Incredibly welcoming. I've been here over a year now. It's been a, a remarkable place at a different point in my career in my life to find so many lovely people. So You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles. So... This concludes another year of The Human Element. We are so grateful to our audience and are so excited. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We never talked about fish. This is what they signed up for. Oh, sh- We they forgot want to talk about fish. Are you making Christmas fish yeah. this year? Of course I am. Remind me again how this works. We're switching to Pollock instead of Haddock. So you're switching to Pollock from Haddock. Yeah, because apparently the fish market in New Jersey is a little bit different. It's not as good quality. Okay. But is this less traditional <laughs> hey, hey, hey. then? Slow down on Jersey. <laughs> South Jersey. Sorry. It's like deep, yeah. deep South Jersey. South, South, South Jersey. Uh, there's always something further south you can pass the buck. Is this less traditional? I thought the haddock was the traditional. Is this it a is, Polish it fish is. dish, right? Yeah, it's still Polish fish. All right. Take us out. Let's go. <laughs> Wrap it up. Ah, uh, we've made her mad. <laughs> This concludes another year of the human element. We are so grateful to our audience and are so excited for all we've planned in 2020, including a whole new set of global pods. Yahoo! 
I am personally so deeply indebted to all the folks that make this possible. The Human Element is executive produced by Chelsea Contre and Jason Oberholzer. We are produced by Michael Simonelli. Marketing is done by Hayden Davies. Original music composed by Jason Oberholzer. I've long wanted to do an actual podcast. I love this. Exit. Never stop. We are deeply indebted to all of our guests, especially Michael Epstein, Angela Steele, Louisa Wong, Ed Gorman, and Diane Harrison, and all the wonderful people here at CARA, all of our partners and friends, and of course, all of you who listen. Remember, you can find the human element anywhere you find your pod. Subscribe, give us a like, tell a friend. And I have a holiday gift for you, an announcement. Next year, despite reports otherwise, it's still free. Still free. Here's hoping that we can all find a way to understand each other better in 2020, to understand what makes us unique, and to understand what makes us human. Thanks Uh so much. (laughs) God almighty. We'll be back real soon. My name is Dave Cedarbaum, and I am the EVP of Video Investment for Amplify. Dave, here we go. One gift you really want this year. I want my kids to be happy and healthy. That's such a good one. But I will also say, (laughs) I had to get that out of the way. (laughs) I bought myself a popcorn maker that I'm wrapping and delivering from Santa, so I already know what I'm getting, which is what I want. I like the way you do the holidays. I like the way you do the holidays. I can't rely on them to get me what I want, so. One word in your vocabulary that you're gonna try to cut out. No. Hmm, That's a great answer. Or (laughs) edit as you see fit. (laughs) Hi, I'm Haley Poss, the head of strategy and insights for Care USA. Favorite holiday special any year, any type, animated, claymation, live action, doesn't matter. It's a recent one. Oh. Last few years, I don't know which year, but the great uh, holiday bake-off. And then there was a controversy, controversy one of the years, like two years ago, yeah, it must have been two years ago, where there was like a sex scandal or something. And after the first <laughs> episode aired, they cut the show completely. And I love this show. Yeah, My yeah. sister and I would watch it. Oh, dang it. No, it's okay. You can keep talking. I just think they might be coming for the holiday <sighs> bake-off sex addict. Yeah. Favorite holiday memory. Uh, just being a kid in Michigan and all the snow and just not leaving the house for like a week, basically, and sledding. Yeah. Once I ran into a tree on a sled, hit, hit my head pretty hard. It explains a lot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories. Joey Medici, Associate Director of Strategy. Favorite holiday memory? Favorite holiday memory. Um... Did people get these right off the bat, or did they have to think about them a little bit? Um, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Like, it's not. There's no getting it or not getting it. It's. It's. <laughs> I, I don't walk around with that in my back pocket. Um, my favorite holiday memory must be when I. I have nothing. Right. Last time you were drunk on New Year's. Oh, like last year. Like, there's no more to that question. Yeah. No, no, that's the beginning and ending well, of that question. That's the beginning and ending of that question. Gary Schaefer, I'm a producer for Green Inc. Uh, and we're doing uh, 
the video for Kara. I'm John Dixon. I'm typically a technical director for Green Inc., but sometimes I'm camera operator and a uh, guy who does stuff uh, that nobody else wants to. Like foot bandaging. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, stand in the closet for three hours. Can you turn Gary's phone off? <laughs> <laughs> Favorite holiday drink? Eggnog with rum. Lots of rum. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the eggnogger also, but really? I like it with whiskey. I just think it's terrible. Most people oh, do. No. Yeah, wrong, I, I'm not alone You're in wrong, that, right? Robert. Greatest hope for the new year. Is this politically correct? <laughs> yeah. You, is... you can give us anything you want. <laughs> A new president. <laughs> 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 yeah, I concur. I just want a time when, you know, the president made news once in a while and you didn't have to think about it every day. That is the answer of the day. Amen. Amen. Louisa Wong, COO Cara US. What's your one resolution that you, you're going to vow to keep this year? Oh, I don't have one resolution because I don't believe that it's uh, an annual thing. I think what I continue to uh, maintain and commit to myself is my health. Ah. Uh, and that's one thing that, you know, is my primary focus is eat well, sleep well, and be well, and drink well. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I intend to continue doing that for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great plan. So, great segue. Favorite holiday drink? Do you have one? Oh, favorite. Do you know what? Back home in the UK, it'd be like Glühwein because you go to the Christmas markets. Um, and it wasn't my favorite drink. It was just the drink that everyone drank. Right. And what is it? Glühwein. It's like uh, it's like mulled wine. You know, okay. it's cooked with cinnamon, oh, spices, right. and it's you drink it warm. It's beautiful because when Got it's it. freezing outside, it's the perfect antidote. Very hearty. Yes, exactly. Yeah, very hearty. So I would say that's probably up there in the list. Anything you want to tell the Cara family uh, for this holiday season? Um, for all the successes that we've had this year, previous years and beyond, it's because we are one. And because we stand as one, that's why we win in the marketplace. And I'm grateful for every single one of you in this business that's helped us achieve the success that we've had. Every one of you stand and commit to our values and we, are all, we all can be more proud of you. Well, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much. All right. Have a happy, happy holiday. You too. Happy holidays. Thanks, Lisa. Do I talk directly into well, this? Well, only if you want us to record it, dear. <laughs> Do you want me to talk directly into this like this? I can't hear myself. <laughs> you are going to die. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, How far do I need leans, to be from this? Leans. Look, look. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know what to do. Wow, this big up. fuzzy ball in my face. <laughs> do I go closer? <laughs> oh, this is the best. Aren't you lucky? You're loud uh, enough, so you'll hear you wherever. Can I go farther? Look, I don't no, no, a little closer, dear. Like, get comfortable. All right. I, I don't think I need to ask anything after that. That is, uh, well, you have to say your name and oh, your title. My name is Lena. Okay. Can we get your whole name? <laughs> it's Lena Wynn, and I am the assistant to Michael Epstein. Who's the global oh, CEO? Oh, he is the boss. The, bo the boss. The boss in my phone, that is what he's called. Okay. One gift that you really want this year. World peace. <laughs> uh, one resolution that you vow to keep. 
How long do I have to keep it for? <laughs> like, can I go into the new year and be like, 1201, I'm done? Like, can I do that? I, I, normally, you make one at the beginning of the year oh, and you're t- okay, just pressure. any resolution that you're trying to stick to for any small period oh, of time, goodness. Lena. Oh, I'm trying okay. to take myself seriously. Okay. Trying to take myself seriously. Oh, is that your resolution? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Great one. <laughs> all right, last one. You ready, Leans? Yes. Okay. What does Kara mean to you? Oh, I thought you guys were going to ask me this question. I was in the bathroom thinking about this. So I am going to take this one seriously. Uh, New Year's resolution. There you go. Actually, opportunity, I have to say. Since I've been here, I've had a lot of opportunities, and I'm very grateful for the fact of the exposure. And the executive team really welcomed me (laughs) and all that I come with. So for that, I've been able to really grow personally and professionally. So it's been an opportunity to me, more than I've had at other places. So that's what Kara means to me. Thank you, Leans. Have a wonderful holiday. Oh my God, peace out.